You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to an emergency episode of the Lockdown Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Monday evening. And the big news of the day in Hawks land is that Kevin Herter will be sticking around with the Hawks long term. He came to an agreement on a four-year extension with the Hawks worth $65 million over those four seasons, an average of just over $16 million per season. And in the last couple of days and weeks and even months, there's been a lot of talk about Herter and extensions. Uh, Trey Young's got done almost immediately when he was able to do so back uh, in the uh, summer months. But Herter, kind of like John Collins, going all the way up to the deadline. Famously, Collins did not have an extension last summer. But this time around, the two sides came to agreement on four years at $65 million and planning to get into on what would definitely be a short podcast episode, but still one that is definitely interesting to get into. If you missed it anything earlier, I actually had a, um, a Monday morning podcast in which I talked about all kinds of stuff. That's still fresh on the feed right now, so please subscribe to the podcast and check out all that. But I wanted to check in as soon as I possibly could to discuss the Kevin Herter news. So, again... People have been asking me for weeks on this deal and whether I thought it would get done, and I was kind of in the middle somewhere. I wasn't sure it was going to get done, but if, if it did, I was kind of in this range. So initial reaction is that I was pleasantly surprised, uh, I would say, is probably the way that I would describe this. If it was going to get done, it was going to be somewhere in this range. I, if anything, this is probably a little bit more team-friendly, but broad strokes, I will say this. The reason to do an extension a year early if you are the team is if you think you're getting a pretty good value, at least, on that contract. On the player side, of course, you're locking in security. You're doing so a year early. And you're and, and in Herter's case, you're locking in life-changing money because he wasn't a top 10 pick. He's been making decent money, of course, even by NBA standards. But going from making three or four million dollars a year to 16 plus for four more seasons, that's life-changing money for Kevin Herter. So at the end of the day, the two sides probably came to an agreement somewhere in the middle of where they actually started, as a negotiation often happens. And I'm not sure how high the Hawks might have gone if they had to, but this is about where I would have driven, drawn the line if I was Atlanta. And on Herter's side, obviously you can only kind of see what the individual motivation is, but it makes sense to lock this in. And I think overall, a good deal for the Hawks. Um, Herter famously had sort of a breakout in the playoffs last year, famously the Game 7 hero against Philadelphia. I've liked him for a long time. Uh, obviously, the number 19 overall pick in 2018, he was overshadowed in that class by Trey Young for obvious reasons, who's the star of the uh, star of the franchise. At the same time, Herter is a breakout player in a lot of ways. He's still only 23 years old. He just turned 23. And coming out of Maryland, he was seen as kind of just a shooter. And clearly, he is a very, he is a very good shooter. Herter is a career 38% shooter for three-point range on decent volume. But I think he's come a long way defensively in particular in the last couple of seasons. I thought he was really pretty darn impressive last year defensively being asked to guard the primary wing on a lot of different teams with DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish banged up. They've turned to Herter with a lot of pressure. He was able to perform adequately or better in that. He's still a little bit slight of frame, but legitimately 6'7", and athletic, and a good defender at this point in time. He also improved as a two-point shooter. In his first two seasons, he was a 45% two-point shooter. Last year, 53%. Not a huge jump in volume, but uh, better in the mid-range, better at the rim, etc. Not going to be a guy who just puts a ton of pressure on the rim, but he is a confident mid-range guy, as we saw 
Um, in the playoffs, famously, he was just t- taking it to Seth Curry in a mismatch over and over again in that Game 7. But Hur's a good passer as well, a career assist guy, about 3.5 per game. And uh, assist rate has been climbing in a solid position. Also a career low turnover rate in his third season. So lots of progression from Herter. He has a long way to go, um, I think, as well. He has a lot more ceiling to tap into at the age of 23. And this is a good time to sort of lock him in through that prism if you are the Hawks. On the, on the player side, you know, Herter did actually lead the entire Hawks team in total minutes last season. Part of that was injury-driven, but he was durable. He played 69 of 72 games, averaged 31 minutes a game for Atlanta. And I'm not sure exactly how much he's going to play this year. He's going to play a lot, no question. But with Bogdanovich back in full strength, Hunter back, Reddish back, and DeLon Wright on board, Lou Williams on board, in addition to Trey Young, there's a chance that he plays less in year four than he did in year three, even if he's playing better because of the depth around him. So... On the player side, do you want to hit free agency when you're playing a little bit less and not you know, coming off the bench? Whereas last year, he started the majority of his games, etc. So it's kind of a weird negotiation in some respects, kind of both sides looking to see what they could probably get from the other. But at the end of the day, this does make a lot of sense on all sides. And I think um, on the team side, again, quickly, this is the kind of deal that I think is a positive value for the Hawks. You can sort of look around the landscape of the league and compare his deal to others. But I, I will say this, the cap's going to be rising in the near future with new TV deals on the horizon and uh, you know post-pandemic kind of stuff. And I think locking Herter in for starter money, but not high-end starter money, like kind of low-end starter, high-end reserve kind of money long-term is a good value for the Hawks. I you know Anything south of $72 million a year would have felt like a pretty good value to me. Um, obviously, you want to get a little bit more value on an extension because it, it, it's, it's as simple as this. If you're giving out an extension, it's, you're doing it a year early if you're the team, and that takes on the risk away from the player. But this is a, a situation where they, they've got enough concession back. And I will say this, we, have, we do not know right now if there are any options or non-guarantees, etc., there's been some reporting on this in the last few minutes, but I try to record this as fast as possible. So it will surprise me if there's like a player option on there or something like that, but maybe a non-guarantee in the fourth season, whatever it is. Um, I'm assuming right now it's 465 straight up, $16 million a year, etc. But it could be tweaked in terms of value if anything changes. And also, you know, beyond Herder, something I want to make sure I say before I forget to say it, the Hawks have given out a lot of money in the last few months in guaranteed contracts for the future. Most famously, Trey Young's extension for the max uh, could be as many as $207 million, but right now is at least $172 million. John Collins got a five-year deal for $125. Now Herter with this one, and, a, and then an extension for Capella as well. You know, $400 million in new money added to the books, a commitment shown by Tony Ressler. If you want to be uh, a little bit more pragmatic, you could say this. Um, Herter is a situation where if you wanted to... Uh, I actually got a couple questions about this in the last couple of minutes, but... One of them was basically like, is this a tradable contract? And the answer for me is absolutely yes. I think that Herter, um, this is not why you signed the contract, but one of the things you have to at least consider on an extension is, is this player going to be tradable for me on this deal? And I think that's definitely a yes. It's a mid-tier salary. He's a very interesting player that would kind of fit anywhere. He can shoot, he can pass, he can defend a little bit, and he has good size. So all, all around, a lot of positives here, I will say. Um Certainly, it'll be interesting to see how the rotation shakes out this year as to whether this deal looks even stronger. Because if Herter continues his play from late last season and is playing a lot, it's going to look like even better. Because I think if he had just replicated last season, he would have gotten probably more than this on the free agent market. 
Um, if he slips a little bit and is the fourth wing or whatever, plays less, maybe he would have gotten less. But that's kind of the dance you're doing. But at this point in time, my overarching thought and the one that I'll leave you with here is that this is a good deal for the Hawks. I think that is definitely the case. I'm a big fan of Kevin Herters. And I think, again, congratulations to him on locking in uh, you know, life-changing money, the way that I would describe that. You can only assign your own values to this stuff. But if I'm the player in this situation, I think getting you know <laughs> a situation where you guarantee your, your family is set up for life it's pretty, it's pretty nice thing to have happen, even if he's arguing in a good situation. So uh, we can get into this more and more on the podcast, but for now, uh, both sides did well here, and that's kind of where you wanted to see it landed. There was a lot of optimism in the, in the final days on the player side, on the team side, as I was hearing, you know, both, both on the record and in private, about this deal getting done. Um, you never know if that's going to be the case, though, because you know the Hawks had a reason to maybe draw the line somewhere, but clearly that line was drawn um, at a place where both sides were able to find that common ground, and now you can sort of put this to the side. Herder can just play basketball and not be asked about this every day, and that's probably positive for him as well as the season is going to be opening in just a few days. So at the end of the day, Kevin Herter, four years, $65 million. We'll have updates if there's anything that changes in the coming days, but I want to get this podcast on, the, uh, on their feed as fast as possible. If you're a new listener, please subscribe to the show and check out the most recent podcast episodes. I actually have Robbie Callen joining me in the near future on this feed to talk about some over-under stuff. And then we'll look ahead to the first game of the season. The Hawks open their season on Thursday evening with a home game against the Dallas Mavericks on national TV. So plenty of anticipation for that one. But um, this little Mercy podcast was all about Kevin Herter, so we'll leave it there for now. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time.